0: There, welcome back to Temporary fandoms Um, <laughs> sorry, I've been accused of being cockney on my on my greetings, so I'm gonna fully embrace it. Um, you have just uh listened to Aaron talk you through part two of the can discography. Um, while you were doing that, we were having a discussion about the word kraut rock, which seems to be the name of the genre. Um, but should it be? Um rejoining us, as you know, Aaron, Nick. And Chris, Um, Nick. Well,
1: the thing I was thinking about is um, during the first episode, I talked about the sort of concurrent rise of New German Cinema, and in film critic circles, it's called New German Cinema, not Krautfilm, which just goes to show that film, like sort of film critics, are a little bit more respectful, say, than uh, your British music critics who coined the term Krautrock to describe the genre. But the thing is, it's it's one of those. Um, it, it's so embedded; it's very hard to imagine calling it anything else. And I don't think it was rejected by the musicians, as far as I know, from what I've read. It was kind of, you know, it was accepted as as, as the general name for this sort of thing. I, I guess as well because it, it embraces so many different styles. What do because they call you've it got, in Germany? I mean, good question.
0: I mean, you're you're our go-to for pronunciation on, on German <laughs> words. I'm yet, not. In, I'm not entirely
1: true. sure why. <laughs> I don't speak German. <laughs> Like I, I just like music. I, I like pretending <laughs> that I can.
0: Uh, I think it was about two weeks ago. Uh, I was talking to my wife and I said, "Yeah, then we're going to be doing this this uh, band uh, and this band can." Uh, Nick's a big fan of you know sort of bands like Krautwork. Krautwork? what the hell is <laughs> And I got stuck in some hard. But this is the
1: thing, right? Is is Craftwork and Can are, are both considered Krautrock acts? But you know, Craftwork are a, a sort of like uh, a electronica basically and then you've got these bands that are psychedelic rock and you've got these ones that are sort of doing trippy ambient stuff
2: i also there was a sign of the t- a sign today that this should have happened today because i walked out my flat this morning and there was a green traffic cone which i think is the front cover of a annoy oh, album yeah. as well no, so craft uh, work oh, okay so basically this should have happened today and the uh, gods of kraut rock or other named genre were shining down on me so there you go
1: Hopefully, our oh, German listener will write in and tell us it's offensive, and then we'll know. And in future, um, we'll, we'll call it whatever we should call it instead.
0: Well, currently, looking at the stats, we have no German listeners. Well, maybe Ken uh, will change that. <laughs> or maybe we can just say what we want, and we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Okay, <laughs> Aaron, um, last time we were talking about can they had just seemed to be getting to a peak. Damo suzuki was comfortable uh they were releasing tight albums they seemed to have they, they were controlling themselves they were reining themselves in it's just going to get better from there right
3: yeah um after this they're going to release their well before that's their holy trilogy this is their holy holy trinity so they go to a next level for the next three albums Take okay. it to no, they, the don't. they don't at all. So
0: with "Soon Over Babaluma, which is where we're coming back, 1974.
3: Um, wait, where the fuck's Suzuki gone? They replaced him with a violin, as far as I can. <laughs> <laughs> they decided they wanted some. So they just thought their German accents were more interesting than Damo's singing in multiple languages and gibberish. What was he kicked out or did he leave? Um, so basically, what happened is he one he got married. And two, uh, he invited a Jehovah's Witness into his home, and he joined the Jehovah Witnesses and decided that music was evil.
0: Didn't Prince do that? Prince joined the.
3: Prince, he did, but he didn't decide music was
2: evil. He decided to just convert everyone to his religious ways. Daniel
0: Suzuki still performs, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he played in Leeds.
2: I think he played in Leeds last year. I think.
0: does he just? Does he just do cover versions of all along the watchtower? Sorry, I'm really proud <laughs> of doesn't doesn't damo <laughs>
2: suzuki do a weird thing where when he goes to a city he recruits the band from the city that he's performing in or something like I, that i, I think so. he,
1: i don't know i think I he has like some kind of that.
2: really like collapsed way of doing it i'm sure i read that somewhere uh i might have to fact check that for it goes on record
1: nah <laughs> <laughs> i know i know he, he performed with uh the falls like last band after marky e. smith died and the band wanted to carry on as uh Imperial Wax or Imperial Wax solvent after the album oh, yeah. where they joined, they come together. Their first gig was with Damo Suzuki. That's cool. But, but sadly, it wasn't to be a kind of ongoing thing.
0: Okay, that's a different pod. We'll be, we'll be joining that He's trying.
1: Time. He's trying, I tell you. <laughs> He's trying. I was hoping there we'd segue straight into the full podcast, right?
3: <laughs> We're doing a bait and switch here. Now let's talk about uh, live at the witch trials. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dear listener, if you had um, post for Dama Suzuki on your full bingo card? You can tick that off right now. Um, so they've they've lost Dama Suzuki. Um, the singing is done by the rest of well, what's left of the band. Um, musically, has much changed, Nick?
1: Not, not really. I mean, it, it is kind of. Um, I mean, the first time I listened through to the whole discography, I remember getting quite upset not not angry like you did at Takeo Mega, but i was genuinely perplexed by sort of post future days can and going back and listening to it all again i found that actually there was more to like in these mm. later albums than i had previously thought so i think it was initially just that that first wave of disappointment that it's not as good and it isn't it really isn't as good but it's still a lot of good stuff in there and i think soon over babaluma um i'm not a huge fan of the violin um but but track for track it's not bad stuff it's just it's just lesser uh,
0: i mean this sounded I'm, re- I'm using the word wazzy again um it was wazzy but there was also a mix of baggy jazz folk um all sort of thrown in which didn't sort of make sense to me um was it Comas da la luna it's remember when you were 13 and you thought you were a DJ by just turning the volume up and down every so often, like you were pretending to be <laughs> mixing. Or is that just me? No, that's just
3: you. I think it's just you.
0: Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Some kid on the volume dial go. Hey, I'm a DJ. I've got um,
2: I've got against that track cosmic reggae, and I think oh. that I think that going forward they just there was this kind of strange reggae vibe. That that just always. I
1: thought it was a bit later that that kicks off that they
2: get. Coming. I just got it there. Maybe it does come in a bit more later on, but that is definitely something that I could see the back does. off. To yeah, me, I could it's definitely. Tango. Hmm? To
3: me, comes Star La Luna is tango.
2: I actually had cosmic Bavarian reggae. Does that get us huh? more towards tango? Well,
1: this is the thing. Was um, I'm just like... going to
2: keep adding words to you? Agree with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. More um, well,
1: the thing is, I think with. Um... So that's, with the backstory with, of, of Cannes that basically, I don't know which member of the band it was actually, who went to the US and came back to Germany and said, like, I've heard this amazing music. I want to make music like that. Uh, I mean, it was basically bands like the Velvet Underground. And it always felt like the, what they were doing was trying to make their own version of these American genres or other genres mm. that they'd heard. And in the kind of uh, this later can there's this thing where they, it's like someone had described reggae to them but they never actually heard any reggae, right? Someone had, someone had read, a you know, whatever was the equivalent then of a blog post about reggae and how it works. And they try to reconstruct that without listening mm. to the reggae, which is amazing, really. I mean, it's, it's intriguing. They're always intriguing. Just sometimes. I mean,
0: a little I, mean I got, I got their more reggae thing, like, like someone else said, uh, a few albums later. Yes. I mean, my notes for this was improv jazz folk with bongos, um, which sums yes, it up a little bit to me.
2: Um, the biggest I, thing I noticed about this on re-listen was the trap chain reaction. That's the one that stood out to me because it really had that, for me, that kind of um, like DFA, foals type thing going on where you've kind of got that kind of like, you know, punk, funk type thing. And it basically just really reminds me of LCD sound systems. That's what reminded me of re listening yeah. Like basically at this point, he'd stop, you know, obviously you've got talking heads would be the biggest LCD system, LCD sound system reference. But there's something in this later period of Can that James Murphy's definitely getting on. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of, yeah, just funky, but kind of weird. Yeah, definitely that's what got to me.
0: Um, Aaron, I know that you're a a big fan of LCD Sound System um, due to the fact that we had a vote on the Facebook group (laughs) and I managed to uh, get people into voting for gay bikers on acid over
3: LCD Sound System. Shocker. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Aaron, um, can you hear that here? Can you hear that sort of thing coming in?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, Can is all over LCD sound system and mm. and he's made his and he made uh, his influence by them uh, very obvious in his song um, Losing it's My Elizabeth- Edge. Yeah. He yeah. claims to have been at the first uh, Can show that was recorded for their bootleg um, Primitive Future, I think it was called. Um, but his claim is impossible because that gig happened before he was born.
2: James Murphy is, like a, is the Doctor Who of music. He can yeah, he, he is. He's just yeah. traveling around.
3: Prehistoric future. Sorry, that was the name of the bootleg of their first gig.
0: Um, so, okay, so we've got this... It's a bit of a mess of an album. Um, it's not terrible. It's not unlikable. It, it, it's definitely got some
2: likable elements.
1: Yeah. Um, it's just not as good. That's that's the only thing yeah. wrong with it. It's not it's, awful at all.
3: It's considered nothing it a makes good, good album.
0: Yeah. By yeah, who? the
3: I mean. lore. In the lore. <laughs> In, the lore. <laughs> In the lore of
0: Can in its in in the canon shall we say oh.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> oh. oh come on it was going to happen okay so we're starting the second part of their their musical journey um, with a not quite as good but still very similar sound um, they moved on from this a year later with landed um what the what fuck happened with Landed? I mean, oh. okay, we've got Full Moon on the highway, right? Um, in the early 90s, I went to see a lot of my friends' bands. And obviously, my friends were in sort of Grebo indie bands, and some of them were experimental. And I went there, and I was quite polite about it afterwards. If I grew up in the mid-70s, and some of my friends were into experimental stuff, and they weren't very good at it, it might sound like this. I, um, well, it, yeah. This is I just kind yeah. of less
1: experimental, though, isn't it? This is the thing. This is like this is no, this is. You, you don't know my
0: you don't know my friends. This is as experimental. Well, I wasn't actually show. talking about them in reference to
1: your friends' <laughs> band so much as in reference to Ken's previous records. But um, I've got something I, I, here that says "Can Do Pub Rock." Exactly. Oh, that's, that's what. That's, that's exactly what I've got written here. Mid seventies pub <laughs> rock. Yeah, <it's, laughs> the Full um, Moon on the Highway is is like it's that, isn't it? It's it's yeah, a so, mid seventies yeah. pre-punk pub rock song. I kind of like
3: it.
0: Yeah but, yeah, but you like it because it's part of the, the discography <laughs> yeah. of a band you like. If this was just a, a track you heard, you would be, this is fucking awful. I think it's no. awful. It's not it's awful. awful. It's this not
3: album awful. is awful. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, and that no, this, terrible this album has an
0: amazing highlight. Um, was it hunters and collectors made me laugh hysterically because it's flight of the concords it's flight mm. of the Con- flight of the cancords it's like they they're doing a, a joke version of of the band it even sounds like Jermaine clennon i was in inst- ditches while I was listening to it. At Hunters some point- and collectors. Would you-
1: <laughs> no, it's got amazing lyrics. I'd, I'd like to read a verse to you, if I may. I'm not going to do it in a German accent. But um... <laughs> Is this the 30 pages you just pulled out, Nick? Because we've got sick back. <laughs> no, it's on my phone, so excuse me if there's any kind of interference, because that, that's something Ewan's told me off for before. But now, One of the verses goes as follows. 30 leather king kids on the gangbang trail, <laughs> get your big brown man with the snakes in bed. Dirty bother me now. It soaks into a cup. She says, if you don't start at all, you'll never have to stop.
3: Was that Marky Smith?
1: <laughs> Obviously when I do it it is. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, but at this point they did they did get somebody to start writing lyrics for them. Oh, really? oh right. Uh, well, they got there. I mean, they they need, had a guy they need who to get became rid. their friend.
1: Well, previously be... they just had random itinerant <laughs> foreigners who were obviously on bad acid trips that they'd found wandering around German cities, and they didn't—they didn't really have to bother with lyrics. They were just people rambling, right? And suddenly mm. they didn't have Malcolm Mooney or Dama Suzuki, and they were like, shit. What are we going to do for words? And you could see they were struggling.
0: So this is going to be a really random segue, but my microphone cut out, and I'm not quite sure where it was. So I'm just going to say this, and at some point, you'll hear me talking, and it may not fit with what Nick was just saying. Anyway, moving on to flow motion, smooth, moving on to flow motion in 1976.
3: Didn't have a chance Uh, to talk about how bad Landed was. Oh, but I'm sure we did. Yeah, we did. We really did.
0: Landed Landed was pretty terrible. Uh, uh, Come on. As was motion. my entire notes was, um, it sounds like somebody was recording a David Bowie demo of a B-side via a glass tumbler against the wall of the studio.
1: Now, wait just one minute, Ewan. Are you going to tell me you didn't like I Want More? That's, that's a banger. It's
0: one of their best songs. That was 40 possi- UK
2: And it's also the it, reason they met Noel Edmonds. That's what oh, I found out. Yep on top of the pops yeah so we're not we're not passing over that song
1: no 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 <laughs> you can what you like about the album which is mostly shit but i want more is one of the best can tunes and if you had to kind of find a pop can tune yeah right, the the most pop can it's that song and it's it's brilliant
0: it was alright i feel <laughs> like has
2: that song been used in a really famous film or sampled Probably. somewhere it's yeah because everywhere. Yeah, I just it really yeah. It's like you say, it's just something completely different. It's like it's like an actual pop song,
1: like an actual. Classic it was on hit. the soundtrack of Morven Kalar, but oh, maybe, uh, maybe okay. yeah, with Samantha obscure. Morton. Yes, Santa okay, Morton, so yeah. so I'm not being totally obscure here. You do know what I'm yeah. talking about. There's a lot yeah. of can on the soundtrack of that film.
2: Either you're not being obscure, or we're just trying to show off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just googled
2: it. We just googled it you're really laughing. quickly.
0: Yeah. Um, did you just pronounce it Morven Calla uh, as opposed to? Isn't it it C-A-L-L-E-R? Isn't it Caller?
1: Oh, Well, it's a name, isn't it? I don't know. It's not German, so I don't know how to say it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, There is a pop song, which is pretty good. Um, There's more reggae.
1: There's also their second worst tune.
0: Oh, which is... No, maybe not.
1: Third, fourth... Hang on, sorry. There's quite a lot of bad stuff coming. Um, <laughs> Cascade Waltz. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think I've... Cascade oh. Waltz was yeah. the first Can the song that really, oh, God really God annoyed sorry. me. Um, I wrote... But weirdly... It sounds like... Go on.
2: It sounds like Can on a Beach. That's why I sounded <laughs> That's like.
1: That's Future just... Days, isn't
2: it? <laughs> no, but it just sounds <laughs> like you're lying on a beach. Someone's bringing you a very cheap drink. It's all just a bit unpleasant, even though it should be nice. That's what it sounds
1: like. It's uh, just dreadful. I... Yeah. Well, the thing is, right... The first time we did we did the can immersion, I really really hated Cascade Waltz. It made me really annoyed. It was the it was the track that made me think, how can this be the same band? Where it was the thing that made you have to think about. It's like, did they even understand why they were good to be able to make this?
0: But, but but is it the same band anymore? I mean, well, yes.
1: Yeah. For all intents and purposes, the only
0: thing that's gone is the singer. Yeah, but you know, how many bands have properly survived after? Their main singer disappears. Yeah,
1: but they were never like it wasn't. Manic like, Street was a Preachers. Man oh,
2: yeah. There you go. <laughs> I've, I've that. And, it's, and it's got a double meaning as well. You and you walked into it. He's disappeared, and he's disappeared. So there you go. Was was he the main singer though? I didn't. Think I he think he. Either. Don't think he did anything. <laughs>
0: I mean, there were rumours
2: that they didn't even plug his guitarist. That's I mean, what I'm alluding to. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm really sorry that, yeah, he's not the lead singer. I just saw a joke. <laughs> I saw a joke. I went for it and I failed. So it's time to leave now. <laughs> well, hopefully, there's no one really upset about that listening. <laughs> Good. Well, um, Richard uh, Perry.
0: Yeah. I mean if, if they are if, if people are listening who aren't Richie's parents and they are still waiting for Richie to come back, I've got some very bad news for you. Oh you're uh,
1: digging I a hole good. now, Ewan. You're really digging <laughs> a hole. You know you know now that Richie's parents are gonna listen to this podcast. <laughs> why why would they? Well, I, why would anybody listen to this fucking podcast, Ewan? <laughs> because I sort of tell
2: them
3: to. Because they want to learn about Kane.
2: <laughs> it's been on the Crow Facebook group. That's why.
1: Exactly.
3: Along,
2: alongside some um, A-grade 1970s crackwalk vinyl,
1: which is all that's on that. That's all they talk about. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> but, um, wait, sorry. There's also <laughs> uh, Smoke, EFS number 59, which I
3: quite enjoy on this album. I thought that was um, incredible. I, I and, love that and track. And Aaron, yeah. you, you'll be able to tell me. What does EFS stand for? Uh, that's the Ethnological Forgery series, which they've been doing since the very beginning. Right, where they just take styles of music from around the world and do their own version of it. Right, right, because it's like, but it
1: doesn't crop up on many albums. Because I knew it was a thing, but there's, there's... this, and then there's something on uh, three albums time, which is awful. Yeah. Um, but this one, smoke. It reminds me of Dum Dum by Bottle Surfers. <clears throat> Only reminds me of that. Nobody else, but that's you know. Yeah, that a was a, that was a
2: that was an aggressive silence, Nick.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I felt it. Was that
2: the
0: Zoom equivalent of tumbleweed? I felt, got I, a tumbleweed emoji. I felt the full force of that silence. <laughs> um, oh, listen! If you haven't listened to the Butthole Surfers uh, pod, it's actually pretty good. That's what you were um, supposed to say, Ewan. I set you up. I, I was too busy thinking about what I'm going to say to the parents of Richie Manic. I, um, I can see why okay. you're
1: concerned about that.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, I've got nothing more to say. To be honest, to be honest, from this point towards the end. I don't have much to say about most of these albums. Um, Aaron, this is your band. This is yeah. your treasure.
3: Well, not this part of their discography, <laughs> but um, I mean, I actually had written the exact same note as Nick. I, I, I think it sounds like they're they're making reggae from reading about it in a book. That's the exact words I use as well when writing my little review. Um, they're just... I think it worked with funk because their, their version of funk was the same thing. It's like they read about funk in a book and decided to make some funk. And when you're this mechanical German thing, it works for funk music and you created something new when you're doing it with reggae, which is all about the emotion and the heart. You can't do reggae without heart. Mm-hmm. And this is them doing reggae without heart. They're just going through the motions of reggae without what makes reggae good. It's like, it's a, facim- it's a terrible facsimile of it. I think it's just,
0: I- Okay, yes. well let's move on. Let's move on. Um Saw Delight. S A W Delight. Terrible cover. Oh yeah. Terrible name. Um and the death knell of most bands, I think, is when suddenly they start to have Afro beats. And there's a lot of Afro beats creeping into this album. There's a reason for in,
3: our- in their defense, hmm? they had a Ghanaian percussionist join the band. So it was authentically Afrobeats.
0: Mm-hmm. But still there's a it's, there's, there's moments where you start to think oh are they gonna ever come back? From well the this? thing is
1: when that album starts I remember when I first listened to it it starts up and I was thinking oh this is good this sounds like they're back on form and then gradually you rise oh no wait this is moonshake again. basically yep. the first track on the album don't say no is a is a reprise of moonshake from future days and obviously not as good because Damo Suzuki's not on it but, but still it still feels like
3: it's them saying like this is the new us. Mm, that's why they that's why they picked the chose to redo one of their songs like this is the new can they got a new bassist they got a new percussionist but it doesn't work they already had a perfectly good bassist though he apparently wasn't good enough
0: so how much how much of the lineup has changed now from the albums i half liked in episode one they've
1: just
3: added people to the band yeah the same same people were in the band hogachuke is still in the band right he he leaves later right he leaves later but in this album he's playing the telephone and the radio and <laughs> mm-hmm. so he was <laughs> he was literally the what <laughs> it says on the liner notes hogachuke telephone radio so it just feel a little bit like he's being sidelined there though, doesn't it because he was the
1: bassist <laughs> they've brought in a, a, a bassist from Ghana.
3: He <laughs> brought he no no it's a it's a percussionist from Ghana and a bassist from Jamaica oh, okay, who okay. dressed like Doctor Who. He had a uh, big long Doctor? scarf. He had a big long scarf and oh, Tom looked Baker. like Doctor Who. Oh,
2: Tom Baker. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that, um, that's our God. second Doctor Who reference in the last ten minutes. That's I unbelievable.
3: Know. Unbelievable. I've never even seen Doctor Who.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean. I'm going, to ask a, I'm going to ask a question at this point. We've got a couple more albums to, to, to go through. Um, and we're obviously going to do it, but what is the point sometimes of wading through stuff that you know <laughs> is... is... About, 15, no, about 25 years ago, I was in Las Vegas, and we were walking down the street, one of the back roads, and there was some police, and I looked over, and there was a sheet on the ground. And it was obvious something horrible had happened. And I couldn't keep my eyes off it. Was it Richie Manning? Uh, no, 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 no. He was still missing at that point. Um, and I couldn't keep my eyes off it. But I knew it was something awful. This exercise of going through um, being completists, being musical com- music completists, and wading through the bad parts of, of a band, especially when you know they don't get better again. You know, it, it, even the most ardent of Fish fans, of, of Marillion fans, probably stopped listening to Marillion after Fish went. You know, there's there's a point where you just have to go. Oh, shall we just shall we just stop?
3: Um, but we're not going, are we? Was Grendel after Fish? Because Grendel was great. Now look what there you've was... done, you Look what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you to defend Marillion on our fucking can podcast.
1: <laughs> no, I mean the thing is that this, that's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. That's that's the that's our remit. That's you know. I mean, if we don't do that, we're not temporary fandoms, Oh we?
3: That's, that's so, kind of okay. Of so light is worthwhile somewhat. Uh,
0: okay, well we've got out of reach next. Okay. 1978. Now that's um, a stinker. I didn't yeah. finish it. This was when I went. Now nah, fuck this. Uh, I'm, I'm, this. This is the twitching corpse. I'm tr- uh, I'm trying not to look at, and I have not a lot to say about it because I turned it off. So, that second song
2: is a is it called paupers something paupers daughter and die is an absolute <laughs> in that is that's like dictionary definition stinker that is, yep. <laughs> it is. but it, it made is. but it made me think a bit about it did make me think of um that kind of link like do you know kurt schwitters mm-hmm. the german artist kurt schwitters so like he was um he was um what's the word like assemblages and like surrealism and that kind of like data almost kind of thing. German. Um, he was taken from Germany. He lived in Ambleside in the Lake District for a while. That's where he was when it, anyway, it's that lineage of that kind of German art movement of just like absurdism. Do you see what I mean? It's almost passable and you almost go, Oh, maybe this is really clever and I just don't get it. But then, I mean, I love Kurt Schwitters, but on this one, there was nothing to get because it's a stinker. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing, because I I was going to say earlier with, 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 say, Cascade Waltz, later on coming back to it, I didn't hate it as much. And there is an element of that, (laughs) that there is something of the absurd about it where you Mm. kind of think, actually, maybe it's okay. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know, it's going to take a few more listens, and it's not going to
0: get if I think if you ever have to ask yourself, maybe this is okay, the answer (laughs) is probably no.
3: Not is this good, is this okay?
0: I mean... uh, I mean, this is this is getting into more
1: abstract art stuff. I think there's stuff in art <laughs> where you do ask yourself if it's okay, and and you the the stuff that challenges you. That's not what Ken are doing here, though. It's, it's just, and I think it's, it's going just going back a bad to your, record. Yeah, but it's like going back to your point,
2: Ewan, about this idea that you listen to all the albums and try to convince yourself that it's good, even though it's not. It's like the Neil Young problem. Like I love Neil Young. And there is some kind of all right stuff in the later years. But a lot of it, you're just trying to convince yourself. You're like, it's got to be good because it's Neil Young. And Neil Young did after the Gold Rush. It has to be good. But then objectively, it's just about his car and it's shit. Do you know what I mean? So I think there's something going on here where you're trying to convince yourself that it must be good because they can. And they can do this stuff and they can be weird. But it's just, it's just horrendous. Do you, reckon, do,
0: you reckon this, do you reckon there are still Smiths fans sitting somewhere going, no, Morrissey's Morris going to be all right again? the come back from this. <laughs> I don't know I don't know
1: but it was something like um, you alluded to earlier as well the, the difference with uh, listening to music in the streaming age is um, you know back in the time when we bought records yeah I used to buy records and then put the effort into liking them right? <laughs> yeah. and I don't think that was always a bad exercise right because there are records that I put the effort into liking that I now love and I think when you don't own a record, you're probably not going to do that. You're not going to bother because if you don't like it on the first two or three lists, well, I don't own it. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to bother. I'm just not going to listen to it again. But if you own a record, you think, well, I'll keep trying. Maybe I'll get there. And that's partly, I think, what's why I I like what we do as well is is it, it does make you go back and listen to records. And sometimes it is worth doing that. It's a worthwhile exercise to find good records. And I wish I could now say that that was the case with Out of Reach, that that was one <laughs> such record where you put the effort in, keep listening, you'll get there, you'll get there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't got there yet. You probably won't. It's. I think there's a lot of cut-price funk
2: on it as well. There's a lot of funky <laughs> bass. And I'm not really into... I mean, I'm just not really into funk anyway. No, I don't want to... I know, I know. I realised as those words are coming out of my mouth, I didn't even look at the screen. Because I couldn't look you... I couldn't <laughs> look you in the eye, Aaron. I couldn't even look and say it. But I... There's something on this that it, this is not the funk that's going to turn me onto funk. That's all I'm saying. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's it sounds like to... the title of a funk album, right? <laughs> yeah. This is not the funk that's
0: going to turn me onto funk.
2: Yeah, we're
1: definitely Two. getting
0: Chris back for Aaron's Funkadelic episode.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Now now oh, that's yeah. what I call funk that's not going to turn me onto funk.
3: Yeah. I mean, I did. I thought there were parts of this where uh, Roscoe's bass work reminded me of Bootsy Collins' bass work mm. on One Nation Under Groove." some of his fills. I could kind of get into that. He's clearly a more uh, yeah, he's he's a bit more of a virtuoso than uh, Holder was, but he's also more boring. Like <laughs> some of these, I I think what's happening here is uh, like one of my descriptions is it kind of sounds like a bad Santana cover band <laughs> covering a Santana disco song. Wow, Does Rob Thomas, That's Thomas sing on it? What it feels like, but this is what I think is happening here. Like what like basically Roscoe and Rebop. They come. They came from. Those the band are made-up names, right? <laughs> <laughs> Their names were Roscoe and Rebop, the new members of the band. Um, they came from. They came from like a real working band. They came from Traffic, and they were professional. Traffic had been around for many, many years. They were used to writing songs. You come up with your songs, and you get your royalties for writing the hits. And there's always this. Open oh, my mic. There's always this um, competition between people, and they're used to being in a professional band. And can isn't like that. can yeah, is about just creating things organically, and it's about having the right chemistry. And these guys did not have the right chemistry with the rest of the group. They were fine musicians. I think reebok and uh, Yaki are having a fun time together. You can hear they love playing off of each other. Um, so is it sort of
0: like when, when when you when you change
3: jobs and you turn up like. Yeah, imagine you've been
0: working at a big company for years. It's a bit old-fashioned, but it's very professional. Um, And then you go to this cool new hipster marketing agency uh, where everybody's got hacky sacks and nobody's actually doing the work they're supposed to do. And you're just sort of staring at them going, yeah, but that's all very well and good, but who's going to make the presentation?
3: But that's why why Holder left the band, because uh, Rebop was so angry at him because he's just sitting here making weird noises, and they're like, you're a clown. (laughs) <laughs> we're trying to make music here, and you're just taking your radio and like turning it to random channels and seeing if it maybe fits in with what we're doing. Yeah, but he you're had the ruining... last laugh,
1: right? Because he went off and made uh, Cool in the Pool. I'm not familiar with Cool You don't in know the pool.
3: that tune? Cool by the Pool? Cool
2: in the Pool? Oh, come on. It's a great title. I don't know if it's a good song, but it's a good title.
1: But I do it's... think his
3: found sounds if, if you
1: like, um If you like kind of the poppier side of Can with kind of silly Germanic lyrics... Go and listen to that. because oh, in my in,
0: in my head, that was like some offshoot of "Cool and the Gang." There was "Cool and <laughs> the Gang," then "Cool in the Pool," then "Cool on the Beach." <laughs> um, it's it, it's quite telling that um most of the time we're we're digressing
3: into other stuff. Um, but they sound like a bad up- jam band. That's yeah, Simply that's it. Yeah, they sound—they sound like like that band that a fish fan that you'd meet in the parking lot of a fish show. And they'd be like, "You really need to hear this tape, I hear." And you're like, "No, <laughs> this is shitty. I don't want to listen to the string cheese incident. I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> um, I've lost track of where we were a little bit because we've so just was, been talking okay, so about the next album on the list. Oh, yeah. Uh, have
0: we moved on to can, can
3: Can yet? Can
1: Can. We're just about. We are now. <sighs> uh, so the the late late career self titled
0: album. If,
1: yeah. if we were that track, kind of show, can can. We'd, play, we'd play the. The klaxon right here.
0: <laughs> oh, We should we should do that. We should get some sound effects <laughs> and call ourselves something like oh, Booty. <laughs> hey, welcome to Boolie and the Boo-Boo's. <laughs>
3: but Can has it all. Can has the mid-70s stab at doing reggae. Oh, you. We've lost you.
1: Have you? Not you. I you. Can, Sorry. Aaron.
3: Me? Can anyone hear me? Hello? I can hear you. We can yeah, all yeah. hear you. Oh, okay.
0: We can hear everybody. Uh, okay. Um, can you hear me? We can hear you.
1: Okay. Sorry. I. Uh...
0: And each other. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, for a
1: second there, I lost everybody, but it seems you're all back again. My... Is that you pretending? Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, don't do um... that. Are you here now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, okay, so... Um, Can has it all. Aaron, can you go back to Can has it all?
3: Um, Basically, Can has has all of those band cliches that you get when you listen to full discographies. They have, like, the mid-70s dive into reggae that's really... They shouldn't have done. They have the Let's Go Disco for a bit. They have the Late Career self-titled album. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's (laughs) this one.
0: Well... Let's you know what? Let's just skip over it and go straight to the no, return. Of no, 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 <laughs> this no. no, no album is, this album is this album
3: is really good.
1: No,
0: no, oh, no.
2: Can it's, can can. it's got all good
1: all,
3: stuff on it.
2: It's got okay, fine. It's got good stuff on All gates, gates open a classic. All gates open is
1: amazing. The track. Spectacle is probably one of my favourite can tunes. Uh, mine too. I'm hoping it's one of the ones you, you
3: chose for the playlist.
1: Yes. <laughs> there you go. And I'm hoping you Maybe, didn't choose no. Can.
3: <laughs> all I might have chosen All Gates Open. Okay. That's a great song. Yeah. You've got two. Yeah, I think this. I think Zelma's. I I think all gates open through a spectacle as a whole is really good. Yeah, exactly. You listen up to there, and then you must. And you stop. must
1: stop. You don't,
3: must go no listen, further. Don't listen, to, don't listen to cans can can. Off I just the can album next
2: to, next to can can. I just wrote buzzkill. <laughs> That's the word, and I don't think I've ever actually used that word, but this is the perfect example of a buzzkill. Well, because it horrendous. comes after
1: one of their best tunes. Spectacle's Absolutely. great, and then it goes yeah, to exactly. can can. Which, I don't know, I mean, we've got, like, Cascade Waltz, Pauper's Daughter and I, and, and Can Can. I mean, they're all contenders for the worst Can song.
3: You don't you even just... have, uh, don't, don't tell me no roses with roses in quotation marks. That's not on your list. <laughs> <laughs> or give me give, no roses. Give me no roses
1: is the one, yeah. Perhaps. Or, like,
3: Inobe God. Those aren't on your list either. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You
2: just feel like they would have got the can-can thing out of their system a long time ago. I just can't believe yeah. it's taken them this long to. <laughs> but just I kind of like,
1: like. I kind of like that it's billed as one of the what's the ethnic forgery series, so it almost like excuses it. It's just like, oh, we're just this is like a found object. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just this is just an experimental piece. It's not us doing what bad manners would do just as badly ten and, years later.
3: And it's so bad because they do the can-can. And they do it badly, and then they stop the can can to play ping pong for one minute on the record, <laughs> and then they reprise can can. <laughs> well, come on, you gotta love them, right?
1: You love them a little bit for that. See, this you just wanna to listen to it. Which, that's,
2: the, that's the kind of thing that you listen to, and you go, do I just not get it? Is this like profound and really deep? And you know, this is like a this is like you know a band working at their peak. You think, am I wrong? Am I you the had, bad guy? You had to be there, Chris. You had to yeah, be there. That's, a, I that's was when not I felt first. like
3: when I thought Donald Trump was going to get reelected. I woke up and I'm like, am I the baddies? Like, is Donald Trump actually a good guy?
0: <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you heard da 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 da.
2: <laughs> Did Can ever do the ill-conceived reunion in later dates, like oh, play yeah. shows? Um, I think you've just written our segue to the last album. Oh, no, but like, okay, <laughs> I'll, we'll come back to it. Let's segue and I'll come back to my actual point. I think I've missed let's make it. yeah.
0: <laughs> so funny you should mention it. Um, they did get the band back together um, with the return of your favourite and yours, uh, Malcolm Mooney. <laughs> Mooney was back for the next one, right? Yeah, yeah he
1: yep. was, he was. um... I think
2: the point I'm trying to get to is, did they ever do an All Tomorrow's Parties? That's what I'm asking, I think, because they feel like the kind of band, because I know that like Ermin, I think Ermin might have played Huddersfield Contemporary Festival or something. I was reading about this, (laughs) which is quite a big deal, bigger than you think of Huddersfield. But I wonder whether they've ever done like an ATP or something, because they feel like a prime, you know, like the Don't Look Back
1: series feels like every curator of All Tomorrow's Parties will have tried to get
0: Ken. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that's what but I'm trying to get they at. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Um, if you go onto the ATP website, there is a Demo Suzuki section. Yeah. He, he played at... Demo Suzuki played at Nightmare Before Christmas curated by Portishead. I did not go to that one. And was it Can or was it Demo Suzuki? It was Demo Suzuki.
2: Oh, right. Okay. There you go. So that's the one thing they've yet to do. Oh, I don't well, know how many of them are still alive. It's a bit late I left, not, yeah, was yeah. that, that was my He's next question. Alive. Yeah, what right. the, what well, the, the five-month run in Vegas? It didn't stop that hologram of Tupac, did it? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> 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 so, we'll, what we'll do is we'll get Richie Manick, hologram, plus Tupac and, 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 and Jackie Love Time.
1: <laughs> Jackie, Perfect. Jackie Love Time. Supergroup. Yeah, that's my supergroup.
0: So, the, the return of Mooney, um, who was responsible for me really not looking forward to this whole thing when I started listening to it back in the day. Um, how was it? Was it like a, um, a, a drunken uncle uh, turning up at the party? Um, or was it actually good for you, Aaron? Uh, I,
3: I think it's pretty terrible. Um, there's some interesting textures going on with the rest of the band. Um, and then Malcolm jumps in and ruins it. It's simply put, it, Malcolm ruins this album. It could I have been good it, if he wasn't on it. I, I hate think to it say might it. be
2: the worst cover, the worst cover art.
3: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, totally. it's terrible.
2: It's like a really bad sew so by Peter Gabriel. That's what it looks like. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a really bad version of that.
3: But all their all all of their covers fit into their brand. Even mm. the bad covers fit into Can brand, and this is just looks like a totally different thing.
2: It looks like oh. someone's just fired up MS Paint and had a quick go at it. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no skill in that cover.
1: I do, I yeah, I do know someone who likes this album. Uh, what? Hey, fish. Jonathan Fisher. <laughs> Jonathan Fisher uh, is a defender of this album.
0: Regular listeners will remember Jonathan Fisher as the person we made do um, some of the bad. Was it some of the bad Bowie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did the last <laughs> part of Bowie's
0: career. He did the, the episode three stuff. Um, oh, we yeah, had the ninety no we, we, yeah. It, we made Jonathan Fisher do nineties Bowie. Yeah. Um, and he sort of half
3: enjoyed it, which might explain why he likes this album.
1: Yeah, he's a bit of a deviant, isn't he?
3: <laughs> it isn't all bad. Like I think the first track is all right. Hasn't the first track? Well, hasn't that first track got that
2: weird kind of chuggy, funky metal vibe? It's got yeah. A really weird. Yeah. I remember thinking it was just a I don't know it gave me bad feelings.
3: I I like that. And the below this level is actually kind of <laughs> catchy. <laughs> it's
1: catchy bad,
3: but it's catchy. It's catchy in the way that like if somebody sings something at you
1: for long enough and hard enough eventually you might catch it, but not not in a pleasant way.
2: I remember <laughs> I had quite an extreme reaction to hula hula, but I can't remember which way.
3: I'm pretty sure I know which way. <laughs>
2: yeah, no. and the more i'm thinking about it i'm trying to just kind of like you know like revisit those feelings that i had and i think they weren't good
0: yeah i had no i had no emotion by this point i was numb um i'd got to the point of going yeah this is just bad i have to listen to it because i've got a podcast coming up tonight this is just bad i wonder what time it finishes oh the chase is on um and then started watching tv <laughs> at some they point really? they
3: layer his out of key vocals like like this really like this cool like we're gonna layer these vocals and create these harmonies but they were all out of key and it says why did you even bother oh sorry i hate this album
1: it's here's a the thing though right because because it feels very much like we're about to finish on a very bad note because this album is i mean it's it's there's not really much in the way of redeeming features but they did have a box set recently, right? In the last right. five years mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Do you, mm-hmm. do you know anything? What was it called? I was just trying to look it, it up. It's called The Lost Tapes. Lost Tapes. The Lost yeah. Tapes,
3: right? Excellent. Yeah. Better name
0: than cannibalism, which they tried before.
3: Oh yeah, a bunch of they got a bunch of people to remix their stuff. Oh, was um, the album Sacrilege. Sonic as well. yeah, and... That's Sacrilege. That's well worth listening to. Or country. Sacrilege, I really that's that. what it was, yeah. Yeah. That was actually that, probably
1: the first a... can album I heard, which isn't really a can album, but
2: isn't that another classic thing to do? The remix album. Just get yeah. loads of people who are more your protégés to remix your albums. They've ticked that off the list. As but they well. were doing yeah, totally. this
3: before everyone else. They went African before everyone went African. Like Peter Gabriel and, and yeah. David Byrne. They were just babies, basically. <laughs> when they did Afrobeat. <laughs> By babies, I mean they were 30 years old, but still.
0: Um, okay, so. Um, it probably is a good time to wrap up part two. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you're still listening to this, thank you. Um, secondly, there was probably some random cuts halfway through the episode because different microphones and different things kept cutting out, mainly mine. Um, but musically, we got to a relative high at the start of episode one. <laughs> it's been a rather steady decline with a couple of good songs along the way. Um ending with falling straight off a cliff with the return of Malcolm Mooney. Um, there are some good stuff out there, uh, sacrilege and the anthology stuff to go and explore a little bit further. But if I'm being really honest, um, go back to episode one and that's where the good stuff was. Even I liked it. Um, the, nobody seemed to be defending stuff towards the end of this. Um, they definitely were interesting um, for a bit. Um I may have um really been angry last time and I'm less angry now. Um Aaron I know you said you can't pick one. Pick one.
3: Um one that will get you into the band or one to No,
0: one that the, the, you're allowed to keep one and the rest get given to this me. Is, this is going this is going
1: to be Oh, well, cuz I was going to choose Take Omega, but if you're going to get given it then I'm, I'm not having that. <laughs>
3: Choose an album, Pe- Aaron. People might call me insane, but I'm going to go for soundtracks. Oh. Okay. I can Be- see that. Mainly because of Mother Sky. I think Mother Sky is. Yeah. The best. Chris.
2: Monster movie.
1: Weirdo. Nick. <laughs> uh, it's, for me, it's between Taigo Mago and uh, Ege Bamiyase. But I don't know which one. I don't know. Uh, do I, do I have to you're choose? A, you're a purist, Nick. Purist. I am. I am a purist. <laughs> to the end. <laughs>
0: well, with that. No, do you know what? With... I'm going to take
1: Taigo because it really upset Ewan.
3: <laughs> God, it got me so fucking angry. But who's anyway, the, who's the best singer? Though we haven't we haven't figured out who the best singer is. Oh
1: come on, there's there's no question. It's definitely yeah, Suzuki. Suzuki.
3: It's definitely Demos Suzuki. No no rebob defenders here. All right.
0: <laughs> this has been twelve episodes. We didn't think we'd make it this far. Um, Chris, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you to all of you.
0: Um, Aaron, thank you for all of your hard work and joining us. Nice microphone.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for giving me a chance to use my new microphone. Nick, catch Speak you later. Up. Cheers.
0: <laughs> Bye.
2: Bye. Can I ask the big question, Aaron, why did you buy the microphone?
1: In case you couldn't tell from the podcast, you've just listened to one of my very favourite bands. I hope you enjoyed them. But if you didn't, whatever, there'll be another one along soon. And whether you enjoyed it or not, I'm still going to thank all the participants. They were Norway's finest American stand-up comedian, Aaron T. White, and Scunthorpe's sharpest British sea power enthusiast, Christopher Whitby. As usual, I was joined by Ewan, who I earnestly believe should go and listen to Targo Mago one more time, and the synth interludes were composed and performed by Jonathan Fisher. See you next time, when we'll subject you to a completely different band. Until then, I'm Nick Hilditch, and I want more and more and more and more
0: and more and more and more and more and more.